Welcome back to Inside Fantasy Football. This is our first off-season edition uh, to the podcast. We are excited for this off-season. It should be a very exciting uh, one indeed. Um, this one is going to be dedicated to the wild card weekend, the first weekend of the NFL playoffs. Not much about fantasy, but just about the love of the game and the love of this time of year. Playoff time in the NFL, to me, is one of the greatest times sports-wise in the year. It is full of drama. The parity in the league really shows up in playoffs. Anybody can win any given matchup during these playoffs, especially in the wildcard weekend. It is known for producing crazy games over the years, and this year should be no different. A lot of very even matchups. We'll start with the Colts at the Texans. I'm very excited about this being a Houston guy. Um, I will go off on a little tangent here about how the Texans, to me, I've, I've looked around all of the media, uh, just like a lot of you have, and they're not getting a lot of love. And I understand they didn't have the strongest strength of schedule, but neither did the Colts. The Colts and Texans basically played the exact same schedule uh, strength-wise. So both teams won nine out of their last 11. And I know the Colts are hotter later going into the playoffs here. The last few weeks, they're kind of rolling into it. So they're higher on people's list than the Texans. A lot of it has to do with that. But to me, they're evenly matched. Lamar Miller against Mack and the gang there. Uh, both sides should not get too much on the ground. Um, the Texans have a better run defense than the Colts, so I think if I had to choose, I think Miller might get um, a little bit better production than any of those Colts running backs against the Texans. Uh, the receivers are identical. The receiving situations are identical. It is Hilton and a bunch of no-names. And it's Hopkins and a bunch of no-names. And that advantage goes to the Texans as well. Uh, The one major weakness that is really glaring that a lot of people are jumping on is uh, the over-pursuit of Watt and Clowney and the gang on Luck. And they think that Luck is going to, uh, you know, dink and dunk them to death with an occasional bomb down the field to Hilton like he did their last meeting in Houston, which the Colts won by three. Um, which will happen. Hilton will have his big play as usual. He'll get his, as he always does, against the Texans secondary. Um, but other than that, the Texans are definitely going to be game planning. Cornell is a great defensive coordinator uh, for the way Luck is going to attack the Texans. They understand he's getting rid of the ball in three to five seconds. That is what he's done all year. That's why there was only 18 sacks given up by this line. And don't get me wrong, the line for the Colts is great as well. But Luck is getting rid of the ball quick. And one of the Texan strengths that has not been mentioned on a lot of these media runs has been that Watt, Clowney, and the gang, and especially J.J. Watt himself, is great at getting his hands up, causing disruption, maybe not getting to the passer, but pressuring the passer, getting his big paws on a pass, batting it down, causing disruption at the line. Clowney's very good at this as well. Clowney is not a sack artist. Clowney is a disruptor. And that's what you're going to need in this game. You're going to need to get luck out of his comfort zone a little bit, cause a turnover or two. And I do give the Texans a slight edge because of this, along with being at home. 24-21 Texans. 24-21 Texas. Texans. They uh, should pull this out. 
with Fairbairn there at the end, I think it's going to be a big deal. Uh, I, I really don't think that uh, the Colts have the ability to... The scrappy defense, don't get me wrong. I am not downplaying that defense. I love the Colts in general. I love Frank Reich. Uh, I love the toughness of that defense. They've changed their culture there. Uh, but Watson in the fourth quarter today, I think, will be the difference. I really, really do. The kid is lights out in crunch time. And uh, I don't see how uh, that is not going to play a big factor in this game. I really don't. Uh, So Texans 24-21 is what I got. I think it's going to be the usual. Hopkins and Watson are going to connect quite a bit. Once Hopkins gets out of that, Hopkins uh, uh, has enough time because Watson, the reason why he gets sacked so much, the reason why this line gave up the fifth most in NFL history, not the only reason, but one of the reasons, is that Watson needs, once he gets past that four to five second mark, holding the ball, moving around, scrambling, there's no way to cover Hopkins. I've seen teams bracket him, double team, over, under, you name it. And Hopkins will get not only open but wide open at times. It shocks people in some of these games, and it makes me laugh. If you watch on the game pass or you just happen to you know have enough time to pay attention to what he's doing or go to a game, it's wild. He runs routes like nobody else. I think maybe Antonio Brown is a comparable player to Hopkins as far as route running and I think that's going to play a big part in the difference 24-21 I think it's going to be down to the uh, you know final driver to who has the ball last very very good game on slate between those two team between those two teams should be a blast to watch we're going to move on to uh, the Cowboys hosting the Seattle Seahawks uh, a very very even game um, I don't see uh, much wiggle room for either team here. Uh, it should come down to the difference to me is that Dallas defense and the ability to contain Russell Wilson. Will they over pursue? Will they be able to keep Wilson between the tackles? Easier said than done. But I do think being at home, the way that defense has played all year leading up to these playoffs. I really think they're going to have just enough. And in this one I don't do with a ton of confidence, but I think just enough to pull this off. I've got 21-19. 21-19 Dallas. I really think it's going to come down to Prescott. Uh, will he be able to hold on to the ball? Will he make that mistake in the fourth quarter? Because his stats always look good. But Prescott, he... He makes strange mistakes at strange times during a football game. I can't put my finger on it, but he does it from time to time. And not that he's not a talented quarterback. I'm not saying he's not smart or anything like that because he is a very good quarterback, smart quarterback most of the time. But to say that uh, he's going to go turnover list against the Seahawks defense and not make any mistakes in the fourth quarter is a very big statement, and I think that's the difference. If he pulls that off today, if they can wrangle in Dak and contain Wilson, don't let him get those big play-action rollouts to lock it down the field, I think Dallas will have just enough. This is another game. I do not see it being a blowout. 21-19 Dallas. I think it's going to be a nail-biter. 
Um, heavy, heavy Zeke Elliott today. Even if he doesn't get a ton on the ground, they'll use him in the passing game, and they're going to use him to loosen up that secondary a little bit to let Dak get out and move around a little bit. You saw what kind of throws he can make on the move with Beasley in Week 17. Dak needs to move around a little bit more today, create some time for Amari, Gallup, or Beasley to get open down the field. I don't think Jarwin is going to have his three-touchdown game like Week 17. Uh, I wouldn't be expecting that. Um, But I do think if Dak can loosen up a little bit, take care of the ball, move around, make some throws on the move, uh, I think it's going to be an exciting game, an exciting time for Dallas fans. Should be a pleasure to watch in prime time. Uh, I, I love both teams. They're tough. Uh, uh, exciting, but in the in an old-fashioned way, I would say. Both teams approach the game like it's 1994. Uh, the What I grew up watching. You know, run the ball. Loosen it up. Run to pass. Lean on your defense in crunch time a little bit. You know, make that turnover happen. Maybe a special teams player too. This is what the NFL used to be before it. And I'm not saying today's game is not fun. I love Mahomes. I love this new approach. I love McVay and and LA. I, 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 I love the new NFL as well. But it's neat to see two teams still have that old school, hey, this is what wins ball games approach. And to me, that's defense and running the ball. So in that sense, you're going to get to see um, a little bit of what the NFL has uh, been birthed from tonight with that Dallas and Seattle matchup. Uh, Once again, I've got Dallas 21, Seattle 19. We're going to move on to Sunday's games. Two great matchups as well. Um, The Ravens hosting the Chargers is a little different. I've got Ravens winning pretty handedly. Phillip Rivers is a tough one for me. He reminds me of a guy I watched growing up, Dan Marino. they great quarterbacks. Marino's a Hall of Famer, no doubt. Um, but they run into buzzsaws at the end of the year. Uh, they're very intense, fun to watch. Generals on the field, but both of them were not mobile. And every now and then they run into those teams that would blitz them and cause all kinds of problems. And I think that's what's going to happen on Sunday with the Ravens and Chargers. The Ravens hold on to the ball. They will – one drive can be half a quarter for the Ravens. They chip away with that run game, one of the best run games we've seen in the last 40 years in the NFL. Uh, I don't think they're going to give the Chargers a ton of plays to work with, period. So the Chargers, when they do have the ball, I think there's going to be a little pressure on them to make something happen because you don't know when you're getting it back. That's how this offense works. It's keep away. They will work that play clock down to five seconds every play. They will run with Jackson just enough to get that first down. Keep that clock running. Gust the bus up the middle, banging away a few yards here and there. Jackson on that play action, once they run, you know, ten plays in a row, the Chargers will have eight in that box naturally, and they will bite. And then you've got Jackson on a rollout with Andrews or or Crabtree or Brown, you know, open down the field. And Jackson is a Heisman Trophy winner. The guy has got an arm. He's working on his accuracy. Um, He's done enough to get his team where they're at this year, already in the playoffs making things happen. 
Uh, I think the sky is the limit for Lamar Jackson. He reminds me, um, which is not surprising. I'm not, I know this is not an original idea, but he does remind me a lot of Michael Vick. Um, he could be a better Michael Vick, believe it or not. Uh, Mike Vick was the best running quarterback I've ever seen. Lamar, there's been a few runs where I, I had to pause and say, okay, this could be the best running quarterback I've ever seen. Um, Mike Vick had an arm, and he was accurate most of the time. He really got better at throwing as he got older, and I think Lamar Jackson will do the same thing. Very curious to see what he does under the lights and crunch time tonight. He is at home, and that's why I give Baltimore the uh, edge uh, and probably winning in a pretty uh, handed, uh, easy win, I think, in my eyes. I've got 34-22, 34-22 Baltimore. A lot of those 34 points are not going to be, uh, you know, just on the offensive end. I got a pick six for Baltimore happening tonight. Uh, a special teams play as well. They're just one of those teams that make things happen in those gray areas that nobody thinks about. And I think those uh, plays will be the difference along with the way they eat up clock. I really do. And those blitz packages, best in the game. Their defense, the way it is aggressive, they do it at just the right times. Um, and they've got nothing but smart veteran players on defense. Uh, I just don't see Phillip Rivers once again, great year, running into a buzzsaw in the postseason. And I love Phillip. I, I hope he gets a ring before he retires. But this year does not look good. All right, we're going to move on to the final game of the weekend. A very, very good matchup. I've got the Bears hosting the Philadelphia Eagles. And I know, I know St. Nick, Nick Foles. They love him in Philly, and they should. Guy led him to a Super Bowl last year and did well in the Super Bowl, by the way. Um, And great last few weeks of the season. He's coming into this game banged up. He's got some bruised ribs. Um, I'm worried about the Bears getting to him, even though they've got a quick release passing game. I still worry about him taking a few shots from this Bears defense and Khalil Mack and the gang. And he gets one good shot on those ribs. I'm worried about him finishing. It is game over at that time. Nick Sudfeld comes in. You might as well just uh, turn the channel because it will be over at that point. Um, Hopefully that doesn't happen. I wish Nick Foles the best. Um, And even if he doesn't get hurt, I don't think he has enough around him. I don't think Alshon Jeffrey and Golden Tate are going to be enough to eclipse this Bears defense at home, amped up with that crowd. Um, I've got Bears winning 34-14. to I think it's going to be a pretty easy win for the Bears. I think they're going to jump up in the first half, a turnover or two against the Eagles, and uh, also score with that Matt Nagy-led uh, offense that is great at mixing it up. He uses Cohen perfectly. I think they'll jump ahead, and then in the second half, it's going to be heavy Jordan Howard eating clock, and they're just going to beat down the Eagles. I don't see how the Eagles uh, can do much against the Bears. On either side of the ball, I think Trubisky and the play calling there in Chicago with the way they mix it up with Trubisky's legs and Cohen and Howard the receiving core for the first time in many weeks is healthy coming in for the Bears. I don't see how the Eagles can do this today. We are in the Nick Foles magic era. They are coming. They are the Super Bowl, uh, uh, you know, winners of last year. I get that. Um, but they are going to run into a very, 
very well-coached Bears team. Nagy and the, his coaching staff has been amazing. What they've done with this Bears squad to turn things around there in Chicago and that big trade with Khalil Mack, uh, I would not be surprised if we have a Chicago. And a team that reminds me of Chicago in the AFC, I would not be surprised if we have a Chicago-Baltimore Super Bowl. I really would not be surprised at all. I am one of those old-school guys. I know I'm showing my age here a little bit. But defense and running the ball win in January and February. Not every year I get it. There's been some, you know, that Eagles-Patriots, I think, broke records Super Bowl last year with offense just ball flinging all over the place. I get it. But every now and then you get that perfect mix. A team like that Ravens in 2000. These Ravens this year and the Bears this year where they've got enough on offense they do things differently on offense. They eat up the clock on offense. Then that defense is aggressive, and they don't make mistakes. And they cause turnovers. It's a very big part as well. And I think that is going to be a big difference in the Eagles-Bears matchup. 34-14 Chicago is what I've got. All right, guys, I know this is a short podcast. I wanted to get it in. The playoffs are too good for me not to be commenting on them. We are going to continue doing podcasts throughout the offseason, um, through the playoffs and into the offseason. A lot of movement. The NFL stays active year-round. We want to be a part of that. We are available on all your streaming services. Please continue to uh, listen and look for me when you can. Um, I'll keep you up to date. I appreciate you guys, and I will get you a podcast last week breaking down what we see over the next few days in the crazy wild card weekend. You guys have a good one. Till next week, I'm out.